Hello, welcome to the first episode of Talking About the Bible with Reverend Bob Wood. I'm excited to talk to you today about a passage that is familiar to everyone. It is one of the controversial passages in, in many ways in the Bible. And uh, today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1. The first chapter carries on into chapter 2. And we're going to be talking about the creation. There's a lot of interest in this. A lot of people try to use the Genesis 1 account of creation is a way to debunk the Bible. They talk about how the passage isn't scientific. It doesn't explain things. I've read not only uh, non-believing people, but also Christians who spend a whole lot of time trying to uh, make a correlation between paleontology, geology, uh, cosmology, and try to, and evolution and try to work that somehow into the Genesis 1 account and make some kind of connection that says Genesis 1 is really explaining everything that we observe in the scientific world. Well, I think there's a fundamental problem with that very approach at looking at the Bible in general, and especially in the creation story. We need to understand that God, in his writing of his word, is using a different genre than maybe we're looking for. Let me explain. I have a cookbook here in my hand. In it are recipes that can be used to make some wonderful foods. There's cakes and there's main courses and appetizers. There's all kinds of things in this cookbook. And this is a great cookbook and will tell me how to cook. But I can't use my questions about paleontology, geology, and look at the cookbook and expect it to have the answers because that's not the purpose of the cookbook. The purpose of the cookbook is to teach me, show me, and instruct me on how to cook. And that's the same thing with the Bible. The Bible's purpose is not to explain to me the scientific creation of the universe. The Bible's purpose is to teach me important things that will help me and lead me to salvation. It's to explain what is important to God to me. Those things that seem important to scientists about geology and paleontology and, and uh, the origins of species are just not part of what the Bible is about. Oh, God knows how he did it, but it wasn't important for him to tell me about it. Same way when I go and eat sausage. We all talk about, we have a, in English a, a phrase that uh, we eat sausage, but no one wants to know what's inside it. No one wants to know the details of making sausage. And the, the thing about uh, God as he's relating uh, the creation story to us is he's not getting into the details of how things were made and the way uh, physics all came together to form a universe. He's telling us some very specific things about creation and how it will relate to our salvation. Now let's look at the passage. Genesis chapter 1 you're very familiar with. I'm going to be reading from the King James translation. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and called, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. 
and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament and the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and he gathered together the waters and called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seeds and the fruit trees yielding fruit after their kind whose seed is in itself unto the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seeds after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the days from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And even winged fowl after his kind, and God saw it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth in the and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing fruit which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life 
I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now going into chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. We can make a lot of observations from that passage. The chiefly four observations that I want to talk about And the first one comes right there in the very first verse where it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now this is very important when you understand the Bible has been written for a span of time that covered uh, ancient history, not only for our day. In ancient times, when the Hebrew read this passage attributed to Moses, and the early Christians, and on through the centuries, there were often competing world religions and views of God around, many of which had creation stories in which creation kind of already existed and their gods just kind of came into being and uh, were in charge of maybe certain areas of it, you know, God of the storm and God of, 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 of the uh, river and different things. And... Uh, This passage tells us clearly that the teaching of our God is that he is the creator of the heaven and the earth. In other words, he is the creator of everything. To illustrate this story uh, or this idea clearly, a story from Jonah comes to mind. In the first chapter of Jonah, as he is trying to run away from God, he comes into a gets into a boat and comes into contact with a group of sailors who are uh, trying to keep their ship from sinking in a storm. And they come to him as they are praying to their gods, and they come to him and ask, uh, who are you, where do you come from? And he says, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God who is the creator of heaven and earth. And in that, he is making a statement uh, of that his God is in reality in charge of everything. And that is what we're learning from this passage and from this verse particularly about our God. Our God is the God who is the creator of everything, the chief God, the starter God, the one who everything comes from. And we're going to talk more about that later in a later um, in a later passage as we look at a Christian biblical view of other gods. The next passage in uh, Genesis chapter 1 that comes to mind is what happens on the fourth day, starting in verse 14, where it talks about that God made the star, the moon, and the sun. And it talks about that those were made for the purpose of measuring time. They are to determine seasons and years and days, and it's important for us to understand that God is teaching us that he is the creator of time, but he's not bound by time. I think the apostle Peter put it the best when he said that about God, that to God a day is like a thousand years and thousand years 
but a day. He's not bound within the elements of time. He is outside of his universe, even though he's inside his universe. Even though he's connected with us, he is not bound by the laws of it. God doesn't get tired. Now, when we, when, when he's, what he's saying here is, and, and it's important for us as Christians, one of the things that uh, you'll hear non-believers say is, well, you, you believe Jesus is coming back, and Jesus said he was coming back 2,000 years ago, and where is he? He hadn't shown up yet. Well, the, the idea that we need to understand is that time for God is not the same as time for us. I will pass from this existence. Maybe I will uh, be alive when Christ returns. Maybe I will not. But that doesn't change the fact that Christ will return. And God is the controller of time, the establisher of time. We'll have Jesus come back in the right time, in his time. The next passage that really grabs me is when God says in, in verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let us make him and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the living beings. And he goes on to say in verse 27, so God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are different than the other creatures on earth. This is an important fundamental understanding of the Christian faith. We are not like the animals. We are different. We have the image of God. That doesn't mean that uh, God looks like me, a a man in my mid-50s with graying hair. No. What it means is that we have, like the heavenly beings, like God, an eternal soul. The next chapter in Genesis chapter 2 will give us a a better view of that, a deeper teaching on it, but that we are the image of God and we have a purpose, as the passage goes on to say, for our lives in the earth. We are God's image on earth, God's representatives on earth, and we are to protect, protect, take care of, manage his creation. Now that lays on us the burden of taking care of the animals and and the plants of our earth, of our planet. That is our job. He he gives it to us to manage, to take care of, and to use. The next uh, uh, thing is comes in chapter 2 that really grasps me, grabs me about this passage, and that is when God has finished from his labors, he rests on the seventh day. Now, i got to let you know, God isn't tired. God doesn't get tired. And the whole idea about these seven days, we need to also understand within the realm of time, God could have created the entire universe in a matter of seconds. He could have spoken into existence. But I think the whole basis of this story, as it is presented to us, this creation passage, is to understand that God made things in six days and he rested on the seventh because he created us as his image on earth to understand that there's a six-day cycle and we need to rest on the seventh. A lot of studies have been proven, have been done. A lot of things have uh, in history have uh, been seen that cultures that have this natural six days and then a day off are more productive more happy, have better family lives than those who do not. One of the things that is jeopardizing perhaps our whole civilization is our lack of taking 
a day of rest. Now, I know some of you work on days that you can. I work on, on Sunday as a minister. But you need to look at yourself and find a day where you rest. Preferably with your family and your children. That you relax and you get ready to continue with the work that God has given you when the first day comes. Now, I don't mean to imply, and I want to get this clear, that we uh, as Christians should be uh, resting on Saturday and not going to church on Sunday. I'm not some kind of Seventh-day Adventist. And, and we'll get into that as we stutter, study later on what the New Testament says about when is the Lord's day. But even in a Christian realm, we still have a six-day work week and a one day where we rest and enjoy the creation with God. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. There's going to be more coming every week. And I want to ask you to send me your questions about the Bible, things that you want to talk about, questions you have. Send them to my email address, which is uh, revbobwood at icloud.com, R-E-V-B-O-B-W-O-O-D at icloud.com. I'm looking forward to communicating with you, answering your questions. Please tell your friends about the podcast and get them to subscribe using their podcast players, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever they happen to listen to podcasts. Uh, Encourage them to join in our conversation as we talk about the Bible.